Wow, Bay Hills. Well, this is, uh, you know, did you notice the last song, by the way? Thank you, Pablo. He, he did the song, Gone, right? Like, really? Gone, dead and gone. <laughs> I think he slipped a Dave in there once. I just know it. Oh, I was trying not to be backstage worshiping because I was too, like, mad he did that song. Just kidding. Um, well, Bay Hills, this is our last Sunday, and my family was here last service. I think they snuck out. It's a little overwhelming to get hugged by 200 people. Um, in this service, there's more than that. So they were like, we're just going to sneak home and go finish packing, and then we'll be at the party tonight. Um, so please come out if you want, if you can. Uh, I know that many of you will be watching the Seahawks-Niners game at 530. Notice how I said that that way, Seahawks-Niners. Those of you that know me know I'm a Seahawks fan. I grew up in Seattle. Um, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> oh, let's have some in my throat. But um, I, I do, I do want to share with you, a lot of you don't know, like, what brought us to Bay Hills. I know this is, like, the day we're leaving, but I thought it would be kind of, uh, you know, nice to share with, with all of you how we, how we came to be at Bay Hills. And it all started back in the spring of 2006. I had phased out of my fire truck company. Many of you have heard me talk about fire trucks over the years when I get up here and speak. And I phased out of my fire truck company, and I was doing some work in the advertising world. And uh, the, the gentleman I was working for said, hey, what would you think about, about maybe going to Sacramento? And I said, you mean 115 degree Sacramento? No, thank you. And I, live, I mean, we're in Seattle, Mount Vernon, Washington. It's, it never gets over 75. It's amazing. And it, most of the time it's at 45. Um, so, so he said, no, just go down there and check it out. See if you like it. And so I flew down to Sacramento and I, uh, I, I sold some advertising and I was there for about 10 days. And in 10 days, I sold more advertising than I had done the prior month where I was my territory in Washington. And so I knew God was telling us something. And so we, in 2006, sold our home. It took us 10 days to sell our home. That was it. I mean, it was like, boom, 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 it sold. And in, on December 2nd of 2006, with nine inches of snow on the ground, nine inches of snow on the top of the moving truck, we moved to California. And when we got to California, it was 75 degrees. It was beautiful. It was like, yeah, I was grilling out back. Um, and then, but we moved here with just my wife and four daughters at the time. And we had no friends, no family. Uh, our neighbors were looking over at the fence like, who are the weird people moving in that have their barbecue out this time of year? And we moved into the house ourselves and, and really haven't looked back since. Um, but we needed a church home, and we knew that. And so we started hunting for churches in Yuba City and Marysville, and, uh, and, and we land, you know, that's kind of where we landed. And, and, we, and we were looking at churches, and, and one of the biggest things we found there is not a lot of churches uh, actually had drums. And we were like, we need to find a church that has a drum kit. So I remember poking my head in this, this Ooh, they have drums. Okay, and they have an Awana program. So we took our kids to the Awana program to kind of spy on the church. And, uh, and, and we thought, okay, this is kind of a cool church, so we'll, we'll start going here. And, uh, and, and one, a couple weeks later, the pastor gets up front, and he says, hey, by the way, church, we have a lot of transitions, kind of similar to what's happening here at Bay Hills. We're, we're in a building campaign. We're doing all these great things, and we're looking for a youth pastor. I'm like, hmm, Interesting. So I kind of let that simmer, and I went up to the pastor. I said, hey, I'd be willing to volunteer to help out with the youth ministry. And he goes, okay, great. Go, go talk to that guy over there. His name's Dave. You can always trust a guy named Dave. <laughs> so, I, so I went up to this Dave guy, and I said, hey, hey Dave, I, I'd like, I'm interested in talking to you about youth. He goes, 
First thing out of his mouth, you're too old for the youth pastor job. I'm like, what? I was 37. First of all, I think it's illegal for you to say that. And second of all, God can do anything. And I was, so I was like, I volunteered for youth I, a couple weeks in. And, and, and all of a sudden I get a call and I'm like, who's this weird number calling me? And, and it was Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim Anderson. He called me and said, hey, um, would, you, would you be interested in applying for the youth pastor job? We'd love to interview you for it. I'm like, what? So I, he goes, yeah, but I need a resume by Tuesday night because that's our board meeting. So I put a resume together, threw it to him. Uh, and, 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 and all of a sudden I found myself being offered a job at a, at a church as a youth pastor. And here's how God works. The prior couple of months, advertising fell off the cliff. The $75,000 I, I had that I was investing into this advertising business, I was going to buy the business in California and take over the territory here. Um, average, nobody was buying any. I was making no money. I needed a job just to support and feed my family and, and, and keep up on the bills so I didn't burn through all my money. And, and God put this in front of me to be a youth pastor at a church. And then a few years later, well, a few, few weeks later, there were 30 kids at, the, at the, my first youth group. And then about six weeks after that, there were 100 kids at the youth group. It was awesome. God just totally grew uh, the youth ministry. And then a few years later, we found ourselves at a church of 4,000 people in Roseville, California, called Adventure Christian Church of Roseville. And, and it and means huge church, 3,000-seat auditorium. The church we were at had 200 little tiny seats and pews and things and smelled. And here's Adventure, and it's 3,000 seats. And we're like, actually, technically, it was 2,999 because if they went to 3,000, the permits were a lot more. So they stayed at 2,999. But we were like a little overwhelmed going from this 200. And, but God blessed us there in youth ministry. And then, but we also knew that the church was having some financial struggles because that was a big debt. And our friend and your friend, Pastor Gil Stiglitz, called me into his office. He was one of my bosses at the time. And he said, hey, I've got this little church, about 600 people in the Bay Area. It's the church I grew up in, Bay Hills, and they're looking for a really solid youth guy. And you and your family would be perfect. You need to meet Pastor Dave. And then I almost said no because I met him. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. No, I'm kidding. We met at the Vacaville. Uh, we met at the Vacaville Olive Garden. And I can't stand Olive Garden, but that's where we met. And, and Dave and I really hit it off. And, uh, and I knew God was stirring. And, and then on, um, on December 2nd, I called up Pastor Dave December 2nd, six years ago. The same day, we, the, just the same date, we had moved to California. And I said yes to Bay Hills six years ago. And it's been an awesome ride ever since. And we're going to get into some of that. But let's get into God's Word today because I want to still preach God's Word and not just talk about me the whole day. Um, so open your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, open them to Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to jump right in in verse 3. In verse 3, you can read verse 1 and 2 on your own. It'll take you about 15 seconds. So let's get in verse 3. Um, it starts out this way. It's not going to come up on the screen, so you have to follow along. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in the great God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, and this is my prayer, 
that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is the best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to glory and praise be to God. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We ask you that it would just penetrate our hearts. We lift this time up to you, Lord that as there's lots of changes and transitions happening here at Bay Hills, we know that you're still in charge. We know that this is your church, and we just lift it up to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So Paul's making this letter, and he's writing this letter to one of his favorite churches. It's personal for him. These are people that are doing well in ministry. These are people that are hitting a bunch of home runs. And Paul is writing this to, for one, encourage them and thank them for what they're doing and to thank them for, quite frankly, the gifts that they were giving to him. So if you guys come tonight and want to give us a gift, I'll be sure to thank you for that. Um, But he's also being practical. You know, the the thing I love about Philippians and James is, A, Philippians is only four chapters long. It's really short, easy to read. And B, um, James is only five chapters long, really simple, really easy to read. But it's full of common sense. Philippians and James are just full of great common sense. But here's the thing in, in Philippians that I really, really want to point out. Paul is talking about joy and rejoicing through the whole thing. The theme is about joy. The theme is about rejoicing. In fact, so much to the point, in four short chapters, he mentions joy or rejoicing 17 different times. It's a big deal to him. It's a big deal. See, he's, he's really like making this concerted effort to, to encourage the church to be joyful and thankful for what God's doing in them. And if there's anything today that we can walk away from, it's going to be, Guys, be joyful and thankful for what God is doing here at Bay Hills, what he is doing here at Bay Hills. And I'll get into that um, a little bit more um, in a minute. But my first point today, and you guys have your sermon notes, and I know it's small writing, and there's like 1,500 points on here, but we're going to zip through these really quick, so pull those out if you haven't. Um, My first point today is be thankful every time for what God has done and what he is doing. Be thankful every time for what God has done and what he is doing. I showed a picture up here of of, uh, Wesley and Andrea Santiago. And one of the reasons I wanted to show this picture is because I have some favorite couples that I've done weddings for here at Bay Hills. I've done 15 or so weddings in the six years I've been here. There's a couple right here in the front row that came down today uh, to see me. And I did their wedding, and they're some of my favorite people too. And I'll tell you what, seeing what God is doing in the lives of these young couples that I've been blessed to be a part of, I'm super thankful what God has done in their lives and allowed me to do in their lives and what he's going to continue to do. And so if there's anything I can say is choose to be thankful for others, those people around you, those people that God placed in your life, even for a moment or even for six years, be thankful for others. And that's the blank line you can write in below is be, choose to be thankful for others. You know, I said I did about 15 or so weddings. I've, I've also um, had, the, had the privilege to walk alongside 58 different families in, in doing funerals. And you say, wow, that's a, you're thankful for that? I'm thankful that God put me in a place that I could walk along hurting families and com- be comfort to them during their time of grieving. And many of you, I've, I've been part of funerals with, with your, your parents or, or, or grandparents or loved ones or even, even uh, uh, sons and daughters. 
and it's never easy, but I'm thankful that God put me in a place to where I could come alongside you and, and be with you. But the greatest thing about a funeral, believe it or not, weddings are fun, they're exciting, but the greatest thing about a funeral is that I, I, can, I have the opportunity to share the, to share the gospel at a funeral. And I always try to weave it in, whether it's somebody that was a non-Christian that died that isn't going to heaven, I will always try to weave in the gospel. And I remember I did a wedding a few years, or a wedding, a funeral a few years ago down at the Richmond Rod and Gun Club. Now, first of all, at the Richmond Rod and Gun, Rod and Gun Club, every, you know, 12 seconds is, so I have to overcome that little moment of shock while I'm up there, you know, giving this eulogy. But I remember I gave the gospel presentation, and, this, and, and, and I stuck around for the food. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It depends on the food, okay? Just being real. And uh, so they had really good food at this, at this, at this service. So I, I, I sat there, and I, and I sat with this gentleman, and, and he, he, he was there. He was, he was, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah. He said, you know, you, you were talking about this Jesus guy. And you were talking about this Jesus guy who, um, who changed your life. And, and I, everything made sense to me. And, and I need to figure out how to invite him into my life. And I sat there at a funeral and, and one-on-one prayed with this gentleman. And, and he prayed to accept Jesus that day at a funeral. It was so cool. And I don't say that for a pat on my back. God orchestrated that. This gentleman happened to be from Fresno. One of my close, dear personal friends lives in Fresno as the pastor of a church in Fresno. And I was, a, I was sitting there texting him at the table like, okay, this and I was connecting these two people. So that guy was able to go home and have a church to plug into in Fresno. God is just so good with that stuff. And I was thankful, even in the time of grief, that God put me in that place. It's been really cool um, here at Bay Hills in the last six years. We've had over 100 teenagers accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I want to give a shout-out to the middle schoolers sitting back there. Middle schoolers, what's up in the house? Yeah, they're middle schoolers. They're too cool to scream. <laughs> Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, but, but, but with middle schoolers and high schoolers, and then the other cool part that usually comes along with that is when middle schoolers and high schoolers say yes to Jesus, they're unashamed of their faith, and they jump up, when can we get baptized? And we've had over 30 baptisms happen with adults and kids that I've been part of and blessed to be part of here at Bay Hills. And I'm so thankful that, that, those, that all of you that are here that I've had a part of that, thank you for letting me be part of that and what a blessing it's been to me uh, to be able to be part of that. Here's the cool thing, though. In all that, in all of this, we have hundreds of friendships, and we're so, so grateful for all of your friendships. Your friendships mean the world to us. It can be lonely sometimes being a pastor, but not at Bay Hills. We've got a lot of friends, and we're so thankful for each and every one of you. Um, there's two guys, two friends that were uh, walking down the street one day and they hadn't seen each other in a long time and they kind of crossed paths like, hey, Joe, what's going on? Hey, Baba. And one of them was really sad, though. He was really sad. He was so sad he was almost crying. He was, he was like, so the other guy was like, hey, what, so what's going on? Why are you so down? What's going on? Why are you so gloomy? He goes, well, you know, I'm really sad because, you know, my, my uncle died three weeks ago and he... he he left me $40,000, and it's really sad. And the guy's like, well, that's, I mean, sad your uncle died, but what a blessing. Wow, you'd be excited about that. That's a lot of money. He goes, so you're sad about that. Like, well, yeah, but you see, two weeks ago, uh, I had a cousin that I never even met. He died, and, you know, my uncle left me forty. He left me $85,000, free and clear. But it's, you know, I'm still sad. Well, sound, the guy's like, well, that's, again, sorry about your cousin, but 
85 grand, that's something to be happy about. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand. You just don't get it. Last week, my great aunt passed away. I wasn't very close to her, but I still inherited almost a quarter of a million dollars from her. And the guy's like, well, then why are you still so sad? And the guy said, well, because nothing, nothing's happened good to me this week. Get it? But isn't that so many, so many of us? Like we, every, oh, my uncle dies, gives me 40 grand, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not thankful because nothing happened to me this week. We want, what can you, what have you done for me lately? What are you doing for me now? And that's so many times our, our, our attitude, our mentality with God is what have you done for me now? Well, they, they, I don't, you know, what, I haven't got anything this week. Yeah, two weeks ago was great. Be thankful in everything Every time God is done or what he's going to do or what he's doing in your life. Apostle Paul, his quote is, is one of the best. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will. It's God's will for you in Christ. It's God's will for you to give thanks, for me to give thanks, to be thankful. As sad as it is for us to be leaving Bay Hills, we are very, very thankful for all that God has done here with us and through us. We're very, very thankful. Let's move on to verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I love that Paul is, is emphasizing praying with joy for the partnership in the gospel. I love that idea because what Paul is talking about is the idea of teamwork. He's talking about being joyful in the team that God has put together. And I think for me, this really hit home for me, is how joyful and thankful, really joyful I am for the team that God has assembled. That's my next point, is be joyful in the team that God has assembled around you. Maybe, maybe at your work, you, you're not really excited about the team that's sitting next to you. You're, you know, oh, I can't believe that person. Maybe you need to choose to see the best in others instead of always criticizing and pointing out the worst in them. Be joyful in the team that God has assembled for you. Our team here at Bay Hills is phenomenal. You guys see me or Pastor Dave or maybe Nate or maybe Darcy. and We do announcements. Pablo's up here singing with his voice of an angel. You guys see all that. But behind the scenes, it takes a team to make all this happen. In fact, the team that we have is, that, that I have um, is, is just amazing. But I, I want to give this quote to you that, that, by Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson says this, The strength of a team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. I feel that way about our team. I feel so beyond blessed to have the team that I've been able to work with, work with for the last number of years. And I'm not talking the full-time staff right now. I'm talking the staff that works with me. And I wanted to point them out to you, and I have some pictures of them here. Um, first of all, I have, uh, you know, the good-looking bald guy up there. That's me. Okay, for those of you that didn't know, that's me. And then Megan Gill. Uh, Megan's back on lighting today, and, uh, and Megan is absolutely amazing. We call her in my house our sixth daughter, and she really is like a daughter to, uh, to, to Darcy and I. We just love Megan, just her joy, her cheerfulness, her just love for God and her love for people, her willingness. Like, Megan, can you come to the church? She's like, yeah, I'll be there. And then, um, how'd you get here? I took an Uber, took a Lyft, took an Uber, took a Lyft. I mean, she just like gets there. I'm like, how'd you show? She like shows up. Hi, Megan's here. Like, well, how'd you, how'd you get here? Lyft, Uber. It was awesome. And then, and then Babette, 
oh my goodness, but that's my personal assistant, and she has been amazing. She fixes most of my spelling mistakes and most of my grammar, okay, which is always bad and always wrong, but she does, she's done such an amazing job to relieve stress for me for the last couple of years. She's just been just phenomenal with growth track and all the discipleship classes, and Dave, we're like, we're filming discipleship, and we're putting it all together. Babette did all the binders. She did all her and her team. I mean, it was just amazing what they did. Couldn't have done that without her. And then our newest member to our team is Steve With. You'll see him around the church. Steve's awesome. He's a fun, funny guy. I've played golf with him a bunch. Um, and you guys are going to just love him. He's just a big, goofy kid, just like me and Dave. Just a big, goofy kid. We're squirrel. Right? It's, it's so awesome. We're so blessed to have him on the team. And then we have um, the, the other people. We have Wesley Santiago. You saw their picture come up on the wedding thing. Well, that's Wesley. Wesley, like, does everything. He plays every instrument up here. He tunes them all. He, he crawls under the stage. He'll do everything. He's so amazing. He, he, God has such an awesome future for that kid in ministry. It's just so, and he's a kid that came up through our youth ministry. In fact, the first gift I received at Bay Hills was a, a Darth Vader candy cane because he knew I liked Star Wars. It was a Darth Vader candy cane. And that was the first gift I got from Wesley. You know what my last gift was from Wesley? Last week, he took me out with a bunch of guys from youth group. He took me to Star Wars movie. Wasn't that awesome? Um, and then Luis Molina. The Molinas uh, came to this church the same day the Sours did. They, had, they, they showed up at Bay Hills the same time we did, finding a new church. And, and Luis and I have become lifelong friends, and he's on staff, and he's been part of my team. He's just awesome. Uh, and then Kevin Guzman, he's our new youth director. He had a family emergency today, uh, so he had to be down at Stanford Medical, so be praying for him. But Kevin's just awesome. He's just done a phenomenal job getting to know the youth, stepping in place. And, and, uh, and the greatest thing about Kevin, the thing I love the most about him, is he loves to build a team. He loves to build teams, and he's going to be a great addition uh, as we're getting to know him. And I wish I could put my whole team up here, and I don't want to forget because um, I wouldn't forget him. Chris. We call him at my house Brother Chris. He's my Filipino son. He's always late, and he brings good food. Um, <laughs> but Chris, Chris is the hardest working young man I know. He does it with a smile. He never complains. He's always there. He loves God with all of his heart. And I remember a few years ago when I met him, I was, uh, we were standing outside at Circuit City, and this, this kid came up to me and said, hey, what's this? And I said, it's a church. He goes, well, can I come in? I'm like, sure. And we haven't been able to get rid of him ever since. And, uh, and he's just awesome, and we just love him to be part of our family. And this is your team, you guys. Give these guys a huge round of applause because this is your team. Henry Ford said it this way. He said, coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress, but working together is success. And we've had a huge amount of success because this team has worked well together. And many of you know that because you've worked right alongside many of them. Let's get into, keep getting to Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. You guys, many of you are here today and you've started this, you've allowed God to start this good work in you. You've said yes to Jesus in your heart. You've said yes to him as your Lord and Savior. And, that, and that's where some of you are here for the first time and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm starting this good work with God right now today for the very first time. But here's the thing, is we need to stop sitting there. God started a good work. It's time to do something with it. It's time to get off of our 
um, we call them tushies in our house. Get off our tushies and start doing the work that God has already started in you. It's there for you to do, but most of us won't do it. Most of us are like, well, somebody else will do it. The staff will do it. You know, the, one of the things with Bay Hills is this area, because it's so expensive to live here, we'll probably always have a smaller staff than other churches outside of this area. Well, you know what that means? That means exciting opportunities for all of you to do the good work of the ministry. In fact, if we look at Ephesians 4, it says, equip the saints, the Christians, the brothers and sisters in Christ, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. You guys need to do the good work. You guys need to take the pressure off the staff. We have a very hardworking staff that works very well together. And it's our job, it's your job to help take that pressure off, to be confident in the work that God still has ahead for us. Because there's a lot of work ahead. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We just know it's coming unless Jesus comes back. So you need to be confident in the work that God still has ahead for us and choose to have confidence in others. Believe that other people can help get the job done. Because you know what I found with people is if you have confidence in them, if you believe in them, if you show some trust and faith in them, here's what I know about other people. They'll step up. And if they don't, they'll get out of the way. But I don't know too many of those people at Bay Hills. I know a lot of people at this church that that step up and get the work done. And they do the work of the ministry. And we just need more of you. In fact, the picture I have up here is our Easter service at the other campus. No, go back one. We don't want to show him yet. Right there. That's a picture of the of our Easter service. And here's, here's what happened there. About 150 people came together to get that building flipped around and make it look nice. Because it was, a, it was an old, creepy, um, smelly Baptist church with a bunch of pews in it that were like 100 years old. Okay? No offense to the creepy, old, smelly Baptist. In fact, here's what happened one day. We were in there working on it, and these two guys came in and said, Hey, we're a film crew, and we would like to film a, a horror movie in this church. <laughs> True story. And then, and so they came in and looked at it and said, oh, this is too nice now. But I showed them a picture of what it was before. They go, oh, that would have been perfect. So we, they lost. I didn't think we lost. But be confident in the work. It took 150 people to turn that around, and now it's a beautiful building. It's amazing. If you haven't been over there, visit the other campus. It's just awesome. And then here's what the, the author of Hebrews says. So we say with confidence The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is your helper. The Lord is my helper. In fact, in the the, the famous words of this guy on the screen, you can do it. Right? You can do it because you have God on your side. Because he's on your side. He he began a good work in you, and he's going to carry it on unto completion. If you, if you look at that part in, in verse 6, and that whole idea of carrying it on to completion, and, and it's, just, it's just awesome. He goes, carry it on to completion. And in verse 7, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. I should feel this way about all of you. Since you have in your heart, since I have you in my heart, whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with you, God can testify this, how I long for all of you. Paul was missing everybody, and he was also being very patient with the church that he was speaking into. He was being very patient because he was in prison. He couldn't do anything about it. Imagine him writing a letter. The letter has to go through the little jail bars to the, to the guard. The guard has to 
you know, actually take it to someone, a courier, to, to take it from Rome, where Paul was in prison, to Philippi, which was a bit of a hike, and then they, somebody had to actually read it, unlike most of the church emails that go out that you don't read. They had to actually read this letter and then go, oh, wow, this is good stuff. Wow, this four or five-page letter, this is really good. And then they had to apply it. And Paul had to be very, very patient. And see, I think that's one thing that we can learn from Paul is be patient with God's process and plan. Do you think Paul wanted to sit in a prison? Do you think Paul wanted to, I'm sharing the gospel, I get thrown in jail. Can you imagine if that happened to us today, if we got thrown in jail for sharing the good news of Jesus? That's what happened to Paul. We need to have patience with God's plan and choose to have patience with other people. See, I think we're in a society that is so impatient. We want everything now. We want everything right away. We want it all fast. We want it all now. We want to get it done with. We want to get it over with. We need to slow down and be patient with others. Have some patience. I show the picture of the staff up there, and I didn't get to it last service, but I have four more minutes than I did last service to get to this, so I'll talk about this. You see the little thing we're all wearing on our heads. So this was Nate, Pastor Dave, Pablo, myself, and Brigitte, and we, were, we, were, uh, we decided one day to do a, a staff fun day. We like to have fun together as a staff, by the way. We do a lot of fun stuff. So one of the days, we went and did a fun day at the little racetrack thing over in Fairfield. You guys have driven by it probably. Maybe some of you have been there. What I didn't realize is that I get car sick driving those little go-karts. <laughs> so we're just, you know, oh, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to throw up right here. And I, So I got off, and I, I, I did two races, um, and we had a great time as a staff, but I did two races. There's a third race available under Dave Sauer over at the Fairfield Raceway, first come, first serve. Just give him my name. You'll get the free race, okay? But we had so much fun together. But you know what we've learned to do as a staff? We've learned to be patient with each other. Because we all have different quirks and different things we do. We're, we're a staff that has had to learn and grow together and be patient with each other. And it's awesome. We've been a, a great staff. I can't speak highly enough. You know, Bay Hills isn't based on, on Dave Sauer or David Fossold or Nate Cummings or Brigitte Lopez or Pablo Navarro. It is based and centered in Christ. This is his church, not ours. And we have to remember that. We have to keep that in perspective. And Jesus... We all can agree, Jesus had a lot of patience with most of us, right? So we need to have patience with others. In fact, I'll quote Jesus, because this is what people need to see in us. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We need, to, we need people to see the good works in us. And part of be, showing that good works is having patience with others. Be patient with others. Let them, let others see your good works. And we're going to go into the prayer point here because this is verse 9, and this is what Paul, so he, he talks about in the first part of it, I, I pray for you joyful. I pray for all of you, even the ones I don't like I'm praying for. And this is what I'm praying. So you can almost, don't skip it, but you can almost go four, you know, 5, 6, and 7, and maybe verse 8, and then get to verse 9. And this is what Paul is praying for. He says, and I pray for this, that you may, your love may abound more. And you have more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Now, if we look at verse 4, and he prayed for all of you, again, those, even those of us that he, you know, he, he didn't like very much, he, 
pray for everyone. See, sometimes we, we get in this habit of we're going to pray for only the ones that really need it or only the ones we really like. But we need to pray for everyone. All means all. And we can't forget about the person sitting next to us that smells a little bit right now. You're like, oh, I can't scoot over anymore because it's a full crowd today. <laughs> it's Associate Sunday at churches all over America, and most of them are empty, and this one's not. Praise the Lord. But God hears all your prayers. And you want to change a relationship that you have from good to bad? Pray for that person. Right? You want to... You want to you want to uh, uh, see somebody come out of the bondage that God ha- or that, they, that Satan has them in and have God free them from that bondage? Pray for that person. In fact, we think it's so important at Bay Hills to pray for people that we're going to do 21 days straight of prayer at Bay Hills. Pastor Dave did a great job of talking about it, but I'm going to talk about it again because, you know what, this is important. Staff isn't going to change the landscape of Bay Hills New, new staff members can come and they can go, but they, and that's not going to change the landscape of Bay Hills. You know what's going to change Bay Hills? 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer will absolutely train wreck all of what you think is going to happen because God's going to come in and blow your minds for 21 days. And you know what everybody wants to do about train wreck? They want to watch it and they want to be part of it because like, that was a train wreck. That was, a, that was awesome. God's going to do such incredible things here at Bay Hills after the first of the year. And you've got to be part of it. Can you imagine what Satan's going to be doing on January 1st when 1,500 people pray together? And you're all praying, you know, there's prayer in Pinole, prayer in Hercules, prayer in El Sobrani, two prayers in El Sobrani, prayers in San Pablo. Everybody's praying. You're like, Satan's going to be freaking out. God's going to win. We know the end of the story, right? He wins. But 21 days of prayer, don't miss out on this. This is huge for this church. It's huge for this church. So be prayerful that God's love and knowledge may abound. Choose to pray for others' discernment. Pray that others get it and pray that yourself gets it. And here's what, Stur- here's what uh, Spurgeon said. I love this quote. Spurgeon said this, Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. See, don't we live in a society today that almost right is, is now okay, the gray is now okay, that everything is, is well, that's it's almost right. You know what I tell my kids if they tell half a truth? You still told half a lie. You're still in trouble. Our, we have a society that's full of almost right. Satan doesn't want those prayers going out, prayers for discernment, so that people can actually see and know and understand and start living Right that righteous living. That's way too convicting. So let's move on to verse 10 and, and verse 11. So, so that you may be able to discern what is best and what pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Guys, God wants us filled with his fruit. God wants us filled up with his fruit. Be filled with the fruit God provides us. Now, we all kind of know what that fruit is, but we have to choose to show others that fruit. You see the picture I have up there of the welcome sign. That's at the other church in the foyer. 
the breezeway, we call it. That breezeway, when we first moved into that church, it was old, ugly carpet. It smelled like mold and musty. It was really nasty. It was bad. And we went in there and painted the walls, and a team got in there and put the baseboards on, and they did a really awesome job. But we needed a welcome sign. Now, what you see on that picture is, is what looks like a, a, a wall that you know, was sheetrocked and had some, some texturing done to it. And you'd think it'd be easy to put up a sign like that. No, that, that wall is stucco, like concrete on the side of a building. We don't have that in Washington, by the way. It's only in California. So like stucco. And these guys, these, guys, these two guys were in there. And every day they'd come in there and they'd get a, about a letter up a day. And they'd go, you know, hammer, nailing the sand. It was, got it all screwed in. Every letter took like an hour and a half to get up. And, and John and Todd, and here's the thing about John and Todd, I never heard him once, well, at least John, I never heard him cuss once. <laughs> I, I never heard him complain. I, 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 all I saw, people were coming in and out of there, and, and they, were, they were, oh, hey, welcome to Bay Hills, glad you're here. And we were doing, just people coming into church, popping in the office, people come, picking kids up at their little Montessori school there. And all I saw was the fruit of God in those two men's lives for the week and a half that they spent putting up those letters. I was blessed beyond those letters. Those letters to me, they don't really matter. What matters is what Todd and John represented when doing those, le- those letters. They made a difference in people's lives. They showed people the fruit that God has given them. So for all of us here at Bay Hills, we, we, we've heard it many times over the years from Pastor Dave, but the Apostle Paul writes in, in Galatians 5, he writes this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You guys, those are the things that we need to show others. So you see, I put on the, I put on the, the, the outline, I put, I put all those things listed there with a line by it. And, and here's, here's what I challenge all of us to do with that line is, is you know, maybe put, in, maybe put in nine different names there, you know. Maybe put in, you know, Steve and, and Dave and Brigitte and Pablo and, or maybe. And you need to show them more love or maybe they need more love and joy and peace of patience. And maybe you just have one name you're going to put in all of them. Oh, my husband really needs all of these. I'm going to put his name on all of them. My wife only needs one. She just needs kindness. No, my wife is the kindest person ever. She doesn't need any. She hits all those. I'm just going to say, like, she hits all those. But here's what I think most of us need to do is our own names need to be listed nine times. We need more of this to come out. With 21 days of prayer and we live this way, watch out East Bay. Watch out East Bay. Because Bay Hills isn't dependent on, 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 like I said before, isn't dependent on us. Because God's got this. This is his church. But guess what his church is made of? The hope in the plan, the title of my message, the hope in the plan. Guess what God's plan is? It's not this great building, this old Barnes & Noble that we converted into this cool church. It's not the other hilltop campus. Those are all cool. Those are cool. Guess what God's plan is? It's you. It's each and every one of you. It's your pastors. It's the volunteers. It's each and every one of you sitting in the seats. You're God's plan. His plan is you. Are you going to do it? Are you going to live this way for him? Are you going to choose to live this way for him? Because I think you can do it. And I think you should choose to live this way for God. 
See, if there's anything that I can say about my family, if I, if I, if I die and, and, and people can't say this about me, then I don't feel I've lived very well. And I want people to say, there goes a man that lived for God and went for it for God, regardless of where God sent him. I just prayed God never sent me to Africa, but I still have a lot of life to live, so you never know. But if God said, go to Africa, guess where I would go? To Africa. One of my favorite couples is a couple named Shane and Jessica Herbert in this church. And Shane and Jessica, a few years ago, they said yes to God, and they moved their cute little family to Honduras, literally behind like, bar- like walls like in this place. And, and they went out on faith for two years, and they lived for God for two years. They're, they're, they're heroes of mine. But can you imagine, not that everybody moves to Honduras, but if everybody in Bay Hills had that same attitude and heart, that you're just going to live for God unashamed, what could happen here? What could happen here? You change the landscape of the East Bay. On a final note, from my family to yours, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for the love, for the support. Thank you for being my family and my friends and our home for the last six years. It's been a true honor and blessing to be one of your pastors, and I hope we've made a difference in your life. Why don't you stand and we'll pray, and I'll stop crying, and then we can leave. God, I thank you for this just this morning, just um, the love you've shown through your people, the love you've shown through your plan, the wonderful people of Bay Hills. I pray a blessing on them, Lord. I pray that they would, they would see how wonderful and awesome you've made each and every one of them, and they would step up and live their lives wholly and solely for you. And I do, Lord, in my last service at Bay Hills, my drop-the-mic moment. Lord, thank you for bringing our family here. Thank you for the blessing that we've had these last six years. And I ask you to bless these awesome people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon all of you and be gracious to all of you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon all of you and give you his never-ending peace. And all God's people said, amen. Love you, Bay Hills. God bless. I'm out. Drop the mic.